This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Bitter cold continuing from Canada to Texas and the central Gulf of Mexico through tomorrow before a warm-up begins. World Weather Incorporated says freezes occurred as far south as the southern Texas and Louisiana areas. Most soft wheat production areas had some light snow cover, but World Weather says it's really unclear how much frost or freeze damage has been done. More snow is expected to develop this weekend from the Canadian prairies into North Dakota, eastern South Dakota, and Minnesota, with another two to four inches of snow possible. National Weather Service Grand Forks meteorologist Austin Perot says conditions will remain hazardous through daylight today before the wind settles down. Well, the main story continues to be the blizzard in the Red River Valley. We have seen a few cameras, particularly on the Minnesota side of things, that look pretty bad. Conditions are also in and out, so over short distances you may see pretty good visibility, but then you hit one of these plumes of blowing snow that we're noticing and it goes to straight wide out. And that's going to be lasting throughout the day today. Um, that'll also be getting worse on the North Dakota side of things too, especially in that 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. time frame. Um, we should start to see visibility improve as the sun sets and the wind gusts die down. And then the story for tonight's just going to be the cold wind chills again. Um, wind chills getting into 40 below to 45 below. While temperatures are expected to warm up next week, there's still snow in the forecast. So with the warmer temperatures, there is a chance for a few shots of snow. There might be a bit more accumulating snow, unfortunately, on Sunday. I know a lot of people aren't looking forward to that. But hey, uh, Christmas Day snow, so that'll be something to look forward to. I'm not really expecting at least anything in the way of significant accumulations, probably at most two to three inches. With temperature-wise, early next week, by Tuesday, we're looking at getting potentially into the 20s and maybe by midweek approaching the 32 mark. The extreme weather has presented a temporary challenge to food production. Tyson Foods Incorporated says it suspended and reduced operations at some U.S. meat facilities yesterday due to the winter storm to protect employees and animals. S&W trading market analyst Andy Schisler is seeing more trade volume and market activity than what he was expecting in the grains this week. I really thought it would be kind of a dead week. Um, but we've really been moving prices around. And <clears throat> like the wheat market, I think it's underpriced. It's just, it's too low. Um, there's like three things that the U.S. government doesn't like. It doesn't like high wheat prices, natural gas, or crude oil. And Schistler says the livestock markets are rallying on cold weather. If cattle on feed is friendly, I think you sell the rally early next week. Um, I'd been long cattle. It, it seems to be just trading on either side of cash here. But we're at the high part of the range here, so I think you want to hedge and sell, like even today and again on Monday, if we if we kind of continue to, to move up a little bit here. But I don't think there's going to be a big sustained run, anything higher than what we have already. Grain traders have taken a risk-on attitude going into the Christmas break. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo says the Santa Claus rally continues. Fresh sales of soybeans to unknown destination, fresh sales of corn 
to Mexico, and we continue to see a very dry, cold pattern um, come into the wheat belt here in the United States, and those all underpinning us along with a slightly weaker dollar and a break back above $80 in the crude oil market. So kind of parsing through the news right now as we go into the holiday, but as I said, on decent volume so far today. Zuzalo says the mindset of the market seems to be one of good domestic demand underpinning the market. The weekly export sales were not good, except for a couple like soy meal and, and pork, um, but not good otherwise. Even the, the holiday week, it, it still did not meet lower trade expectations. And so I think the market is thinking there is a demand low in place. You know, why else would we be about 40 cents off the lows in the corn? Why would we, we be off about 70 cents off the lows in soft red wheat, but do we need to ration demand? And I think that's where we are, or that's where we're coming into when we come back from the holiday. Traders are squaring positions ahead of the Christmas holiday break. Advanced Trading Risk, Advanced Trading Ag Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi says the trend today is higher. And there's just not a lot of Good selling left, hedging left, and, and the path of least resistance today is up, and that's a good thing for the American farmer. We're going to close today, and we will not open till Tuesday at 8.30. We call that a hard open in the pit, except for there are no pits left, and the markets could have a dramatic open depending on South American weather and, of course, if there was any uh, other major news over the uh, over the weekend. Traders will be very cautious. We'll see if there's any uh, news out of uh, Ukraine or Russia or anything like that. But South American weather alone could move beans 40 cents on Tuesday, corn uh, 10 to 15 cents with uh, good or bad weather. Expect a big move. Now, if they say it's going to rain a little and it rains a little, maybe maybe not as much. But if something comes in different than expected, expect a lot of drama here on uh, that open. Rain in Argentina is expected to continue through Sunday morning, helping relieve some of that crop stress. World Weather Incorporated says rainfall amounts should be over an inch in most locations. However, that is not enough to alleviate drought conditions. Argentina's temperature is expected to cool down over the weekend, which will also help preserve some of that recent moisture. Portions of northern Brazil will stay plenty wet, with rainfall totals approaching five inches in some locations. The rest of Brazil, though, should see a pretty good mix of rain and sunshine, which will benefit the crop progress. Go to the Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com. You can sign up for the weekly FarmNet News e-newsletter. You can also download this broadcast and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's all available at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. When the new Congress convenes next month, Pennsylvania Congressman Glenn G.T. Thompson will be at the helm of the House Agriculture Committee. Thompson says there are three options for the 2023 Farm Bill. Number one, the bill could be allowed to expire at the end of September and let it revert to language established during the Dust Bowl era of the 1930s. Number two is we could kick the can down the road, we do an extension. But that's a failure to do our job because I, you know, I think there's improvements to be made in, well, first of all, protecting crop insurance, but improving it, you know, learning from some of the disaster experiences we've had. Uh, you know, there's questions about whether, uh, how well reference prices are going to work in a day when, um, with inflation, 
you know, at least with most commodities, record high commodity prices, right? But with inflation, it's the margin you're left with at the end of the day. So there's improvements that we can make that we that we know today, and quite frankly, we'll get a better feel for going forward with hearings and listening sessions. And there is a third option. Which really, in my mind, is the only option. We get our job done. And we get it done uh, uh, before this one expires. The issues impacting producers and consumers like inflation are issues that also impact processors like Ag Processing Incorporated. AGP merchandising manager Reggie Cook says soybean and oilseed processors have also seen an impact, but despite issues, things keep moving. Ultimately, when you start looking at running a plan, I mean, we run 24-7, 365, so we're, we're always going at all of our plants. Uh, you know, the positive thing we have in, in our membership is they're looking at ways to get us beans, you know, via rail, via truck. You know, one thing you didn't necessarily tap on would be the labor shortage we've seen in the U.S., and, and that's across all industries. You know, that's, that's really affecting the railroad. It is affecting truck logistics. That's something that we work through. Cook says high prices all across the board have been the trend. That supply and demand picture, even with the increase in fuel, it just creates a higher price on the transportation, higher price on the soybean in terms of moving it, higher price on the end user. You know, it all rolls from the producer as the farmer all the way to the end user on the products. Nine in every 10 farmers participates in the federal crop insurance program. Rural Community Insurance Services Head of Sales, Jeff Barr, says there's also private products that narrow any gaps in coverage. Barr says farmers should be contacting their crop insurance agents soon. Every time the Federal Board of Governors come together, it's not usually good news for the macro economy, but farmers in particular, when looking at their operating notes potentially doubling from where they were this time last year, is an extremely high increase in costs just to be able to access cash to run your farm. And there are tools to help farmers deal with rising input costs. Uh, for example, there's margin protection. And what that would be is a farmer's gross revenue and then there are expenses and there's a gap there. So we have an insurance product called margin protection that helps them with that. For example, input costs, fertilizer, you know, fuel, these things are much higher than what they typically have been. So a lot of times farmers want those supplemental coverages. Farmers should be thinking about what pests and weeds plagued their crops last year in order to make a game plan for the next growing season. NDSU Extension Weed Specialist Joe Eichley says besides palmer amaranth and water hemp, dry bean growers need to watch for power amaranth as well. Another pigweed that we, we really need to talk more about going in the future is powell amaranth. So not palmer, but powell uh, that we've had in, in the state for, for several decades at least. Uh, bit more problematic than redroot pigweed, not quite as problematic as water hemp. Eichley says there's overlap in management between the amaranths and water hemp. So a summary uh, of basically what herbicides work or, or we can plan on working um, uh, for, for water hemp control or that ALS resistant PAL amaranth control, you know, we really can rely a lot on our products like Spartan our group 15 herbicides like dual and outlook and then anything yellow. 
And post-emergence, when Raptor doesn't work, Bazigran has never been a good pigweed herbicide, we really rely on Reflex. And then if we can, add some, some more residual herbicide. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Jenny Schlecht. Jenny, what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week? Well, this week we're looking back at some of the big stories of 2022. And, of course, as we're experiencing now, we've had a lot of weather in 2022. Uh, we're in the thick of it again now, but we kind of forget almost that it wasn't that long ago that we had the April blizzards. And so that's one of the stories we're highlighting is just the number of of blizzards and what the, you know, some drought conditions in between have meant and, and how that impacts farmers and ranchers. We're also looking at, you know, Russia and Ukraine and our story that uh, Bill Gates owns some land in North Dakota, uh, Fufong building, um, potentially building a wet corn milling plant in Grand Forks, um, all the new soybean plants popping up in the region, uh, the pipelines dealing with uh, carbon uh, from ethanol plants, and also just some positive news that as bad as it kind of looked at times, we had a pretty good finish to the crop year. You know, that's the, the amazing thing is how well this crop did finish off uh, considering the start it got. Right. It got, a, it got a rough start. And then in some places we didn't get the moisture that we'd have liked to have had during the growing season. And, and still things turned out pretty well. And, and with prices where they are, I think most people felt pretty good coming off a of harvest. Yeah. And as you mentioned, too, a, a lot of uh, uh, soybean crush plants coming up, a lot of things happening uh, in the northern plains for, for the farmers up here. There really are a lot of things, and, and we're trying to stay on top of them just like you guys are, and, and it seems like there's always something new every day. For sure. Well, Jenny, sounds interesting. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. And let's check markets before we leave you this afternoon. March wheat, Minneapolis, five and three quarter higher at 928. Chicago March is up 13 and three quarters, 776. Kansas City March wheat's up nine, 875. March corn, five higher at 665 and a half. July's up three and three quarters. January soybeans, 12 and a half higher at 1480 and a quarter. March is up 13 and a quarter. January canola now $1.70 a metric ton higher at 865 even. December live cattle up a dollar two. January feeder cattle down 12 cents. February lean hogs right now trading down $1.65. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas. This is the Red River Farm Network.